In this week's Maximize Your Medicare Weekly, we've got the maxim we got the maximize. We have the Medicare open Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. What else we got? I forgot. Hi, everybody. My name is Jay O. I'm the author of this book, Maximize Your Medicare. The official website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. There's a lot of extra information there, resources. There's Enrollment Central, which allows you to get quotes on Medicare as well as health insurance matters. Very importantly, up on your screen is going to be a separate website, and you can see it there. Hopefully, you can see it. It's GH2 Unfiltered. That's the screen there. This book is yours for free. I'm going to pay for postage in the lower 48. It costs $19.99, less than $2 a month. Inside GH2 Unfiltered is the stuff that I can't share in public. Meaning that, you know, I get regulated at a large number of levels. There are things that I can just put out there for public consumption and that people can go into YouTube and click on the search bar or, you know, see some related links. But the fact of the matter is there's lots of information and videos where I'm explaining certain things that I'm not necessarily at liberty to say just out in the public domain because someone's going to mishandle it, misinterpret it, and we know who's to blame, me. So it sits there at GH2 Unfiltered. And for those persons who are already subscribers, be sure to feel free and make your suggestions. You can just quickly send me an email and I'll do my best to get it up there and address your issues, whatever you're looking for. Okay, on we go. The first part of this weekly, the Maximize Medicare Weekly, is the fact that the first quarter is another Medicare enrollment period. It's called the open enrollment period. And I've said it in the past, don't ask me, I'm not the one who named it that. Okay. It is a special period for those persons who are already Medicare Advantage policy owners. You must be a Medicare Advantage policy owner in order to get the extra options that I'm about to mention. What are those options? Number one, you have the unrestricted right to change from your Medicare Advantage plan to another Medicare Advantage plan through March 31st. You have the singular time. You can use this option once. You can use the option once. We're not going to, I'm not going to get into every last detail of switch to from plan X to plan Z, okay? That's a highly individual situation. You would have to reach out to me. I'm not going to reach out to you. No financial person, no agent, no insurance company should be approaching you. That would be a violation of marketing rules. So I'm not doing that. That said, if you want to have another look, here is your chance through the end of March. What else can you do during this period? You can 
cancel your Medicare Advantage plan and return to original Medicare. Now, for most persons, this also means because that someone is going to be applying for Medigap. I urge extreme caution here. The reason is that once you cancel your Medicare Advantage plan, since I told you you get this option once, you don't get to go back later in this first quarter and re-enroll back to your original Medicare Advantage plan. That doesn't work. Okay, so you get this shot once. And so if you're trying to go from Medicare Advantage to Medigap, now's your chance. But I always urge caution to get your acceptance into Medigap first. It needs to happen in that order. It needs to happen in that order. Now, I'm just going to tell you that administratively, that's not that simple. So I understand that people want to do it themselves. They don't want to deal with me. I'm a financial person, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You don't like me because you, you think that all financial people are trying to take from you and the skepticism, et cetera. Okay, I understand all of that. That said, what ends up happening is administering these types of changes isn't child's play. And it's not any fun to unwind an error after the fact. So while these options exist, I urge caution to everyone. Now, third here is some extra information on who this doesn't apply to meaning that if you qualify for extra help, which is the federal program that gives assistance for prescription drug benefits, these rules don't apply to you. You can change amongst Medicare Advantage plans once a quarter during the first three quarters, okay? So once through March, once from April through June, and once through from June, <laughs> July, through, July through and the end of September. And then you can change during the annual election period running from October 15th through December 7th. If you have extra help, you these rules are different. It's important if you think you're on the fence. In other words, let's just say, for example, you live on a fixed income. You need to be able to apply for extra help there's a link in MaximizeYourMedicare.com. It's worth it if you think that it's worth looking into for you, meaning that you live on a fixed income and you need to have, it's a needs-based test, which means that you need to have both an income limit as well as an asset limit. But if you qualify, it can be very helpful. Because in addition to having these extra quarterly rights to change amongst Medicare Advantage plans, it also shuts off. It negates any late enrollment penalties you may have for either Part A, Part B, Part D. So it can be very much worth it. Now, it's important to understand that if you extra help does not necessarily mean that you're on Medicaid. Okay, so in other words, people oftentimes they what they do is they confuse 
the idea that Medicaid e extra help equals Medicaid and Medicaid equals extra help. That's not precisely true. You can be on extra help and not on Medicaid. So that's why I'm saying that if, you th if you're a person who requires extra assistance for prescription drug benefits, that looking into the extra help program can be worthwhile. It's just another reason this extra flexibility. There's one last group here of persons who have this ex who have where the rules do not apply. And that is if you intend to change into a five star plan. And by five star, you can understand that all Medicare Advantage plans as well as Part D plans get a star rating. If you want to change into a five star plan, you have the unrestricted right to do that once during the first three quarters of the year. That's it for the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. We'll get on to the other situation where you can correct enrollment areas, enrollment problems next. Some people, for whatever reason, have messed up have not enrolled in Medicare Part A or Part B correctly. For whatever reason, you're incurring late enrollment penalties. Well, during the first quarter of the year, you have the right to correct this. It used to be called the general enrollment period. It stops being called that. It's wrapped up into the open enrollment period. But I thought to create this extra segment anyway. So what happens here is you have the ability to enroll in Medicare Part A, Part B through the end of March, but there are some very important caveats, extra details you need to keep in mind if this is your path. Number one, I can't do anything about your late enrollment penalties. They will continue to accrue, okay? so. Maximize your Medicare, I describe what those penalties are, are. Basically, there's nothing I can do about that. The second thing, the coverage date will not be until July 1st of 2021, meaning that you don't just get to able to enroll during using this general enrollment period and have your coverage date be March 1st of this year. No, it will be delayed up until July of this year. There's again, there's nothing, my hands are tied here. That's just the way the rules work. Third is that beginning on April 1, you will have a special enrollment period in order to enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan with effective date of July 1. Now, very deep in the weeds, but it is an important point that there is reason to do this because if you have the ability to do so, then you, a Medicare Advantage plan, all Medicare Advantage plans have an maximal out-of-pocket limit that the federal card by itself does not. In addition to that, Medicare Advantage plan can be selected where there are also embedded prescription drug benefits 
which qualify for coverage under Part D. So as a result, if you're also accruing the Part D late enrollment period, let's say you've totally blown off all of Medicare. You didn't want to deal with it. You're in perfect health. You're Mr. and Miss Perfect, so you don't need insurance. Well, during this period, if you sign up and then take advantage of the special enrollment period and have a Medicare Advantage plan, at least you can curtail your enrollment ticker, which keeps going for every month that you don't have Part B. There, there are different measurement rules by 12-month periods. And for Part D, every single month that you don't have prescription drug coverage, you get an additional penalty. And again, the kicker here is the penalties never end. So as a result, if that fits, if this description fits you, that you've not enrolled in Medicare, original Medicare correctly, through the end of the first quarter, through March 31st, now's your chance to correct that. So a few years ago, Amazon, JP Morgan, Berkshire Hathaway, which is the company owned by Warren Buffett, they tried to put their stake in the ground to try to you know, affect the cost of health care for their employees. Now, most of the country in the United States, most people are covered by employer-sponsored health insurance in some form. So they created, these three companies banded together, they created something called Haven. A lot of fanfare, a lot of headlines, and actually some worries, as reflected in the stock prices of health insurance companies, that these three companies would be effective. And, you know, there's some reason for that because of the fact that you're not talking about the average guys here or the average companies. Certainly, no one would question their quality or the persons inside those companies. So basically, okay, if anybody can do it, they can. Well, three years later to just this past week, Haven has closed. Basically admitting failure in their attempt to overhaul the healthcare system for their employees, which would therefore have created lower healthcare costs, meaning that the benefit packages, the health insurance costs, would be lower to the companies and therefore increase their profits. The companies were very motivated to do so, are very motivated to do so, to push down their costs and to then have that reflected either in better benefits to the companies or higher profits to the companies or both, they failed. Why? So three years ago, I actually addressed this in the Maximize Your Medicare newsletter. Once again, you can click on the link in the, in the bottom of this post and you can subscribe to that. Most of the information is up here on the YouTube channel now. Anyway, the question really is really, how are you going to push down the cost of healthcare itself? So let's just take a simple example and let's just call it a CT scan or an MRI, okay? So what people don't know is that if you try to just walk in off the street and say, okay, well, how much does this cost? You're talking about $3,000, okay? so. Well, why is it $3,000? And I'm not here to adjudicate that. 
I'm not here to adjudicate that. What I am going to say, though, is that $3,000 sounds high. It takes 15 seconds. There's expensive machinery, no question. There's expensive persons, etc. So now, for me, the in question was going to be for Haven, are you able to negotiate with the tech, with whoever the provider that conducts this CT scan? This price, let's just say, for example, the, the price could be $1,000. Can Haven drive the price down to $1,000? The answer to that ultimately has been no. Ultimately, that answer has been no. And from there, this fails. From there, this fails. Could it have worked? Difficult, right? Because the persons that work for Amazon are scattered all over the country, as are Berkshire, as are you know, J.P. Morgan Chase. Right? And the costs for these different procedures cost differently in different cities. And rightfully so. Why? Because living in San Francisco is not the same cost as living in Des Moines. Fairly logical. So until, until you get to the point where healthcare costs can decline notably, right, it's going to be very difficult to push down the price of health insurance. Right, because again, health insurance gets its price from the cost of the MRI and not the other way around. Now you understand why I get on this soapbox so often to say healthcare is not health insurance. So while this haven, it goes to show you just how difficult it is. This is not child's play here. It would have had to try to drive down the cost of the MRI from 3000 to 1000 How are they going to be able to do that? Do they have the leverage? These are three of the highest profile, highest quality employers that we have in the United States. They're not able to do it. Could it have been possible in other locations? Well, during the newsletter three years ago, I said yes. I speculated that there is, in very isolated situation, the answer could have been yes. And where is that? Candidly, close to where I'm recording today, Ann Arbor. The UAW could have driven this deal a time ago, right? It could have done so by calling up every doctor and hospital in the metro Detroit area and said, guess what? MRI is now, is now we're going to pay you X dollars. You're going to take it and like it. Right, because it would have had the leverage in order to call up all the doctors and hospitals at that time. You could say that this is how they've driven, that actually how UAW or their healthcare benefit cost is this low, right, because they've driven the deal on healthcare. Yeah told all the doctors, look, you have to belong to these networks. Those networks are accept are going to pay you that. That's the same way around. Until you get to that point, it's going to be difficult. You could say to yourself, okay, well, you know, I'm getting gouged at 
from $3, at $3,000. The doctor is greedy. The lab is greedy. The reason I stop short of that, the reason I've always stopped short of that, is that it's not that simple, of course. And the way I quickly, the easiest, quickest example is your 17, 18-year-old daughter, granddaughter, says, Grandma, Grandpa, Mom, Dad, I want to be a medical doctor. They're looking at minus $500,000 of tuition. You want to be primary care physician in a town of $10,000? How are you going to get this money back? Oh yeah, by the way, there is no guarantee you would have made it either. And I can tell you that firsthand because I've spoken to this with college friends. We remember the, the halls of the dormitory in Ann Arbor littered with the skeletons of those who aspired to be pre-med students. They didn't make it. They changed course for whatever reason, even though I can see them now still today, I'd have almost zero problem with handing them the knife with my well-being on the line. They still didn't make it. They changed course. So the fact of the matter is, it's just not that simple. I've stated in the newsletter, I've stated it consistently since then, I'll state it again. Until you've stripped it down all the way to the studs where the health care providers don't have a rational reason to keep health care costs high, we're going nowhere in terms of being able to create a health care cost system which is less expensive and therefore health insurance can decline in price as a result of the fact that health care costs less. The idea that you're going to fix it by just calling up the health insurance company and saying, we need help, etc., etc., that is fixing a symptom. It's not fixing the problem, right? Meaning it's not fixing the illness itself. Haven a consortium of three of the highest quality, smartest people in the room has failed. They're just the latest example of how difficult it is. It's the return of big deal, little deal, no deal. You know, I created this label because of the fact that you get hit by tons of headlines, little snippets, little clauses, etc. And so do I. You should see my inbox in my personal Gmail account is something like 20,000 unread, unopened emails. Now, the professional ones, the ones to maximize your Medicare, gh2benefits.com, those I read in full. So your personal emails to me, your private emails looking for advice, information, that I'll respond to in 24 hours. However, you can see I understand. I empathize, I sympathize with you. It is very difficult to understand what is a signal and what's just noise. Anyway, I received an email just last week. The email came from a Medigap carrier, a large one, a large one that, that is, has very large market share in the markets that it participates in 
and it participates in well over, I want to say a quarter of the U.S., okay? So it is a big carrier. It's not the biggest, but it's one of the biggest. The article in there just said, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to invoke the Medigap pre-existing condition waiting, the Medigap waiting period. And I scratched my head and I said, okay, this is a problem. This is, can only be a problem. It can't be good. Okay. And what is this? Is this legal? So let's just explain here and you can see up on your screen. I've started to scroll here. It, this is on, let's just, let's just show you where I am. Uh, this is on the official web document, which is choosing a Medigap policy. And there's a link on Maximize Your Medicare. You can pull this up. This is the federal, this is the real deal. So let's just go here and when the best time to buy a Medigap policy, credible coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then let's just go and find where this thing is. I'm... If you buy a Medigap policy when you have guaranteed issue, right? The insurance company cannot use a pre-existing condition waiting period. Okay, let's just continue on here because what in the world is this? Do you have a waiting period for pre-existing conditions? If the answer is yes, ask how long the waiting period is. So you can see that I'm not just making it up. What has happened is that the pre-existing conditions waiting period exists for new enrollees into Medigap. And I'm skipping, I've been scrolling here while trying to talk to you. Okay, so what ends up happening here is a pre-existing condition is a health problem you have before the date a new med insurance policy starts. In some cases, the Medigap insurance company can refuse to cover your out-of-pocket for these pre-existing health problems for up to six months. This is called the pre-existing condition waiting period. After six months, the Medigap policy will cover the pre-existing condition. Now, the fact is that prior to this, this is not a widely invoked clause, right? In other words, I've known this exists. It sits in there in my favorite book on Medicare, right? Available on Amazon.com. But it's not usually, you don't usually face it as the buyer of Medigap. However, that doesn't mean that the carrier can't use or invoke the clause. And what I'm telling you here is that the email was pretty alarming to me. And why? Because they weren't using the pre-existing condition waiting period. And now they are beginning in 2021. Now, the fact of the matter is that this company which is going to not going to be unnamed here, but it is using, it's going to say during the Medigap open enrollment period, in other words, when you first become, your coverage for Part B first becomes active, that the pre-existing condition waiting period does not apply. However, if you try to do so thereafter and you didn't have health insurance, then you could have this pre-existing condition waiting period. Now, this can seem somewhat trivial, 
this can seem somewhat trivial. This doesn't matter to me because I'm going to enroll in Medigap right when I turn 65. Yeah, that is true. But you need to remember, this is the carrier who is deciding to waive it. This is not regulation, which is requiring them to waive it. And those are two different things. And the reason that's important is that in the age of COVID, that one reason that a carrier could try to deny your coverage during that waiting period is by invoking this clause when you first turn 65. It's rational. It is rational, right? Because you can understand COVID has introduced a bunch of stuff that we don't understand, right? We don't know what the long-term effects are. We don't, because we, we have no history. So what is the carrier doing? They're trying to limit the amount of claims in order to keep down their premium cost to remain competitive in the world. Right? They've got another competitor across the street, like a 7-Eleven has Circle K across the street. Walgreens has Rite Aid and CVS across the street. They're trying to compete. And one way is try to keep down costs. And one way of that is to invoke the pre-existing condition waiting period. For that, this is big deal. All right, that's all I've got for today. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit the bell, get the notifications for when a new video appears. That way you can see it. It's important to keep up to date. You know, there's going to be changes. We've got new administration. There are going to be developments here. We'll get into it further. And don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter. It, the link is there in the text below the video. The Maximize Your Medicare newsletter. It'll also give you a few extra tips there. The newsletter is free right to your inbox and your email. I'm Jay. It's the Maximize Your Medicare Weekly. Thanks for joining.